Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harris here with the Daily VR Investing Podcast. Hope you had a good day today. Not a good day in the markets today, folks. We've been focused on those January 24th capitulation lows. And, uh, well, we're right there. We are right there. The, the SP 500 remains above those uh, January 24th capitulation lows. Russ 2000 remains above, but the Dow Jones and NASDAQ have slipped slightly below. We're talking about small dips below, but this is absolutely, at minimum, a retest. This is a retest of those lows. What happens next will be key uh, because we're in correction territory. Even Investors Business Daily finally went to correction territory today. Uh, this is... Uh, you know, this is a 50-50 proposition. It's a, it, it, uh, mathematically, statistically, is a 50-50 proposition. Markets typically, at about 47% of all cases, uh, head lower from here. So in, in other, in, in other in, again, in half the cases, actually a little bit more, the markets reverse and go higher. In other words, got the correction out of the way, and now let's move forward. Well, we put out an update today to our folks. I'm going to cover this with you today as well to talk about what I think is a very interesting relationship between Bitcoin and geopolitics that tells us that, that Russia is not going to invade Ukraine. That's my interpretation. I'll walk you through that quickly. It's held up over time. Matter of fact, it's held up pretty well. Uh, we'll see what happens this time. But again, we've got a uh, we've got an administration here that seems uh, hell bent, hell bent on um, destroying things, you know, and making making America weaker. And I don't know. There's another. I don't know what the other takeaway is here. I don't know if there is another takeaway. I think even even the left, you know, even the left admits that this is uh, this guy's a complete failure. Mike Cernovich ran a is running a poll right now. Mike Cernovich is a pretty well known uh, 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 social media influencer, if you will, and um, followed by both the left and the right. I don't know that he's got more conservatives or liberals to follow him. Probably more conservatives, but still, he's got a good mix. Everybody likes to follow Mike. And uh, it's controversial, but he's also got some great insights, great, really good instincts, in my opinion. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, he's running a poll that says, who is more of a dictator? Is it Justin Trudeau or is it Vladimir Putin? And it's 94% Trudeau. So if they were to run that same poll with Biden, and I hope Mike does, I actually sent him a direct message on this uh, yesterday. I'd like to see him run that same poll. About because he's hinted about this before, and I think most of us know what, what the outcome would be. Who do you trust more? If you ask the average American today, who do you trust more, Joe Biden or Vladimir Putin? I'm telling you straight up, it'd be 70-30 Putin. Because Biden, all he has done is uh, has been a disappointment. First of all, we know he didn't get elected with 81 million votes. What did he really get? I don't know, maybe 61 million, something like that. Clearly a stolen and rigged election by the elite, the, the permanent ruling class, the elite ruling class, the deep state, if you will. But my biggest concern about this guy and about what we've seen over the last couple of years, and we've stated it here, uh, both in these podcasts and in writing, and it still remains our biggest concern, mine anyway, is that everything that we've seen happen, everything that we've seen happen from the start of, of coronavirus insanity, has been by design. These were not just a, a series of horrible mistakes or bad decisions that the U.S. and global leaders have made, including in the medical industrial complex. No, this was a pandemic. It was a pandemic from Jump Street. And if we extrapolate that out, if that was to continue, again, bad decisions, right, that only hurt our country, then you can see where the elite ruling class would might want to take this, take the, uh, take the economy into destruction, because this is the way of communists. With this kind of a strategy, if you make people 
desperate, fully dependent on the government, then they'll, they'll have to support you. They have you right where they want you. And this is uh, throughout time, throughout, this, is, this has been the way. If, if you're a communist, if you're a socialist, this because the elite want the power and that's how they get it. These are not good people, okay? These are evil-minded people. And so, again, you know, we've, we've, we've analyzed that, we've looked at it, but we haven't gone that far and said that's absolutely the case with respect to where we're headed in the economy and the stock market because the U.S. economy has remained strong and it still remains strong. Corporate earnings continue to grow. And, and again, we've said this many times, written it many times over the last uh, uh, several years, we're in a structural bull market. Structural bull markets are quite different than just a normal kind of a bull market. We've got massive liquidity, unprecedented liquidity, money supply, corporate earnings that are soaring, right? You've got a, a consumer that is healthy, that, you know, uh, typically low debt ratios, of course, low interest rates have helped that quite a bit. Yeah, they have spiked up a little bit. We're talking about really minuscule moves higher so far in interest rates. And a, and a weakening economy that's likely going to prevent the Fed from being able to raise rates more than once or twice, which is exactly what we said here from the beginning. You know, we covered this today with our folks. The uh, HGX, the housing, uh, which is our, in, in the VR investing system, HGX is our leading economic indicator. Just so far in 2022, HGX is already down 21%. It's, it's, it's literally fallen off a cliff. And because housing is so important, there is no more important asset for the average person. The biggest thing you ever purchase, of course, uh, it, it leads our economy in both directions. So this is not the kind of chart pattern you want to see if you're bullish. I fully recognize that. But we also have to understand where the markets are right now. Our markets are reaching extreme oversold levels. And we also think we've got some important things uh, that are happening elsewhere that tell us that we're, we're, we're very near to a significant reversal move higher. Here's what we're looking at here. Sentiment. Investor sentiment now is reaching uh, extreme fear levels. Matter of fact, the AI survey is already there. We'll have the updated survey tonight, by the way. We'll report on that tomorrow. But uh, as of last week's readings, it's a weekly survey, bulls are down to 19%. All right, 19%. This is rare. It's only happened 31 times uh, in the history of this survey, which goes back to the uh, uh, mid-80s, I know, because I've voted in it since about 1989-1990. And uh, it's just very rare to see this, 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 this big a bearish reading in this survey. That is the time to be a buyer, not a seller. The data bears that out. Uh, going forward, three months, six months, uh, nine months in a year, uh, the markets are higher 94% of the time with some pretty significant moves higher. So sentiment tells us we're closer to a bottom than not. We also know, and again, again, this is all backed up by historical data. This is, this is pretty serious statistical stuff here that tells us that historically, the markets rise. They go higher when the Fed starts hiking rates, especially early on. Again, my mentor used to call it three steps in a stumble. Boy, there's three rate hikes, four rates, five, five rate hikes. It doesn't really matter. History tells us that over the next one to two years, the markets go a lot higher, a lot higher, quite a bit higher. Matter of fact, they also tell us that the markets only begin to decline when the Fed stops hiking rates. Something important to keep in mind, something not many uh, are, are focused on on Wall Street. And folks, the, the other point here, it's a big point. We have a big markets, bull markets love to climb a wall of worry. And, and again, a correction is not a bear market. Let's remember this. Uh, these labels, by the way, are just meaningless, but they are, they are followed and watched, so we talk about them here. 
But we've got a bull market that's climbing a wall of worry. They love to do that. We think that's about to pop here too. Give us a big counter move higher uh, just as the shorts build their positions. Because look at all the look, look, Russia, Ukraine, uh, which again, I'll cover more of that in just a minute when I talk about Bitcoin and some historical moves there. You've got, again, the Fed about to hike rates. You've got soaring inflation. You've got crime wave all over the country. These are the things that everyday people are talking about. And now you have a correction in the stock market. So this is a wall of worry. Uh, we'll see if the market climbs it again. Historically, it happens. So we're looking for a flush. We're looking for that kind of capitulation moment. Honestly, January 24th, I thought that was it. Maybe it still will be it. Again, we're right at those levels now. We'll see how the trading happens tomorrow. But wouldn't surprise me, folks. This is pretty common, by the way, to see a sharply lower open to get that flush. And then, again, you have stops hit. You have uh, people that, again, just finally say, get, just get me out. Just, just, just get me out. And that's when you have the big reversals. I think this market's setting up for exactly that and uh, not afraid to say it. Um, what else here today, folks? Let's take a look at uh, the actual market itself. How about that? Dow Jones today, again, finishing down just uh, just off the lows, right at them, really, down 464 points at 33,131. Again, these are all January 24th levels, either slightly above or slightly lower, right there. SP of 100 day, uh, down uh, a little bit more than the Dow was uh, percentage-wise, down 1.8%. Down 79 points at 42.25. NASDAQ today, our leader on the downside, not what you want to see, down 2.5%, 344 points at 13,037. And finally, Russ 2000, again, is above its uh, uh, January 24th capitulation lows, like the S&P 500 is, uh, down 1.8% today at 1944. And internals today, again, this is, uh, you know, it's, you can't, there's just no way to say it's a pretty picture. But it was just worse last, it was worse in 2020, uh, 21. It just, the internals were worse, especially in the fourth quarter. But again, these aren't good numbers. Three to one negative, pretty much across the board. Three to one negative is what we're looking at here. Volume today was down about, I think it was 73% down volume day. I believe that's for both, uh, for both NASDAQ and NYSE, right in that range. And again, that's not a capitulation kind of a figure. Matter of fact, it's, it's nothing like it. Uh, but again, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not a good reading. The concern here, and again, this is something we continue to see, and it's hard to understand this for the NASDAQ, really, because you have so many of these other you know, uh, holdings, small caps are included here. You've got these SPACs that count three times, et cetera. But the bottom line number today for both NYC and NASDAQ, again, not a, not a good day here. Only 50 stocks hitting a new 52-week high to 1,084 hitting new 52-week lows. Uh, in our uh, sector watch today, you know what, folks? That's another screen, and I don't have it on the system right now. Uh, I, I can tell you it was probably 11 of 11 negative today. Uh, but again, we were led today by, by, by tech on the way down. Again, not what you want to see if you're a bull. Let's, uh, let's move into our commodity watch today. And our commodity watch today, again, if you've long commodities, it's really been a shelter in the storm. Uh, for uh, for your portfolio, and uh, you know everyone's talking about oil. Oil now has got to go to 150. You know maybe they'll be right. Uh, I just know that when everybody is saying the same thing, it's typically not when you want to be long this group. Uh, but it's hard to argue on the fundamental side of it, especially with uh, the global uh, geopolitical uh, situation that's setting up here. Uh, but the goal today, uh, again, we're not seeing. We're just not seeing major spikes in some of these asset classes where you thought we'd see it. A gold today has been strong, but not super strong. It was up three points, uh, just over $3 an ounce today at 19.11. Silver today up 30 cents, a bigger percentage wise, up at 24.615 an ounce. 
Uh, and uh, copper today uh, down five cents a pound at 445. But again, commodities have been very, very strong. I will say of note today, and one thing a lot of people are watching is what's happening with XLE, the energy ETF. You know, it, uh, it's $3 it's three dollars a share off of its highs, and it was up about 1% today. But again, you want to watch this group because it is extremely overbought. And if peace were to break out, for example, in between Russia and Ukraine, which is something I think is going to happen, uh, then I think you could see uh, maybe a bit of a pullback in oil. We would be buying that pullback, by the way, just to be very clear. And we are along this group. And finally today, folks, Bitcoin. I'll spend a second on this because I find this very interesting. Uh, Bitcoin right now trading at 37770 Been joining us here. You know, I, you know my views on Bitcoin. I've, I've said from 58000 that Bitcoin was going lower. And it has. You know, we're down about $20,000 of Bitcoin from that, from that point last October. And my view to, has not really changed. I believe Bitcoin is due for an extended period of underperformance. This is exactly what we've been saying here. And, but I find, what I find interesting about this, and I'm going to feature this chart. I actually tweeted this chart out last night, and I'm going to include it tomorrow in a very update and go through some of the details on this. What I find interesting is, if you go back over time, and again, on my Twitter feed, you can find it. Um, go back over time and look, for example, at what happened uh, after the Las Vegas massacre. Now, the Las Vegas massacre was not a geopolitical event, to be clear. Uh, but if you look at what happened just after it, you see some very interesting signs that there's a connection there. You know, we may never know for sure exactly what it was. But uh, right after that, folks, we're talking about within days of that. All these Saudi princes, right, were arrested uh, by the king. They were many were tortured. Their funds were taken. You know, this is widely reported on then. It's kind of been hushed up since then. But what happened to Bitcoin after that? Right on cue. Matter of fact, the the, uh, the day before, the day before the attack, uh, uh, the Las Vegas massacre happened, Bitcoin started to go. And by the end of the year, so uh, again, Las Vegas massacre was October the first. Uh, uh, 2017. By the end of 2017, Bitcoin jumped 409%. So we're talking about really right at three months time, right? October, November, December. 409% move higher as what I believe looks like a, a distinct possibility is what, what's Bitcoin great for? Moving money quickly, getting money out of a country, doing it quickly. If you know how to do it, you do it completely anonymously through all the uh, you know the private keys, the LLCs, the various ways that uh, your uh, your uh, uh, your asset protection strategies are set up through you know uh, Panama, Switzerland, etc. That's how you would do it, right? If you're the elite of the elite, the insiders, you believe you're, you know, something bad's about to happen. Maybe your bank accounts are going to be closed. Uh, maybe they're going to take your wealth. Well, moving to Bitcoin, how to unkey? Only you know where it is, or those that uh, represent you. And that's the best way to get money out of a country. So then that happened then. Then look at Rona. Again, I don't know exactly how this would have happened, why people would have moved their wealth, except maybe some of the biotech insiders at Pfizer and Moderna. Some very interesting research coming out on that now uh, about the, 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 the real story uh, about these vaccines and the real problem with these. Folks, this is, this is, this is attention getting. This is, this is evil stuff here. And people, we were forced to take these things. I mean, talk about true evil here. But Bitcoin, 1,540% move higher from the beginning of, of coronavirus insanity for a two-year time frame of 1,500%. 
So again, certainly another major geopolitical event. Then it happened again. Uh, Afghanistan. The week before uh, uh, the, the U.S. began, you know, basically uh, surrendering in Afghanistan, moving all our forces, of course, on a, almost a moment's notice. The week before that happened, Bitcoin began to soar. Now, why would that happen? If you're an Afghani insider, you're maybe you're, you're tied to, you could be viewed as being tied to the U.S., etc. What would you be worried about? Your wealth being seized. Bitcoin, the week before Afghanistan, over the next two months, went up 130%. So we have a, a pattern here, if you believe in repeating patterns of things that are interesting, of when you have a major geopolitical event, Bitcoin tends to soar. Now, why does that matter to today? Well, you know, if you listen to Biden, you know, he's guaranteeing us every day that, uh, yeah, that, that, that Russia is invading. Matter of fact, they're already saying it. Russia's already invading Ukraine. It's going to get worse. It's going to take the whole country. Well, if that's the case, why isn't Bitcoin soaring? Would these Ukrainian insiders not be worried about maybe their money being seized by wealthy, by the Russian government, Putin and his, uh, and his buddies? Because Bitcoin has done nothing but go lower since this Ukrainian uh, and, and Russian stuff began. Again, it's just an interesting observation, I think, uh, uh, that uh, I, would, I would think if Bitcoin was soaring, I would say the odds of Russia taking Ukraine are pretty high. And I've also, by the way, I'm on record of saying this as well. If China is going to take Taiwan, we will see a massive move higher in Bitcoin as well. Again, we haven't seen those kind of things. We'll see how the relationship plays out. Again, I find it interesting. We'll see, we'll see if it stands the test of time. It's certainly an observation that has held up over time so far. All right, folks, as always, really appreciate you joining us. Come and join us for two free weeks at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.